Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in Freetown, Sierra Leone, I'm Radhika Alig and this is The Leader. This is the fifth episode in our year-long series, Let Girls Learn, where we're aiming to shine light on innovations and solutions that are helping girls to fulfill their right to education and healthy, productive futures across the globe. Once a month, we are hearing powerful stories from around the globe, And today, we are in Sierra Leone. Warning, this episode covers some subjects that listeners may find distressing. My name is Aisatu. I'm 15 years old. When I I lie down, I I got pregnant. So when I got pregnant, I did not know. My country people used to tell me, if you don't see your menstruation, you was gotten pregnant. So that's the only way I understand. Here in Freetown, life can be tough. From an early age, girls are expected to do chores around the house and can spend hours each day queuing for water. The streets are a dangerous place, especially for young girls. They often fall prey to boys and men who exploit them by offering ways to jump the water pump line in return for sex. We're aware that... um Water for water, that's how they used to call it, and even up to now. Like during the dry season, girls we go to fetch water, they will queue, and you see over 300 cherry cans. That's Prince Tommy Williams, executive director of Lifeline Nehemiah Projects, an organization which works to improve the lives of people in the area. So some of those girls will be standing in the queue, boys will just come and say, if you want water quickly, come, let's have. So they call it water for water, and that has impacted some of those girls negatively and by extension, our community. Teen pregnancy is common in Sierra Leone, but the girls are often rejected by their families, making them extremely vulnerable. Like Aisatu, who at first tried to hide her growing bump from her relatives. When I, had, I, I was going to school, I gathered it, so my parents did not see it. My mother asked me, see, he said, I was not seeing you, you have seen your time. I lied to her, say I have seen my time. He shot me and told me that I am pregnant. He decided to tell my father, my father left me out. Aisatu's father, a conservative Muslim man with two wives, was furious when he discovered she was expecting and told her to leave their family home. She then sought support from a friend in another village who tried but failed to convince her to swallow a cocktail of garlic, laundry bleach and tetracycline capsules to abort the pregnancy. (laughs) 
Some are not staying with their biological parents. They are brought from up country. Once they are staying with different people, they like just take them to do house chores for their own children. They are being sent somewhere to sell and feed the family. Even in school, they are asked to pay some money. Money is for some other things, some petty, petty things teachers will ask them secretly and those things will expose them to have sex. And they are at risk because they don't understand what is what really pregnancy is about. That's Magenda Kamara, co-founder of Two Young Lives Project. It was established in 2017 in response to the alarming rates of maternal mortality among teen girls. A 2015 survey in Freetown found as many as one in 10 teenagers died in pregnancy or around childbirth. Teenage pregnancy is, is really high in most of these communities we are working. Most of them die because they don't go to the PHUs, because they don't want people to stigmatize them, look at them and say, ah, that small girl is also pregnant. The project helps protect young mums and their babies by providing a mentor, accompanying them to clinic appointments at peripheral health units, as well as getting back into education once their baby is born. They also look out for signs of pregnancy complications like anemia or bleeding and will support the girls during labour. We asked uh, some women in the community that have the passion to help girls and we bring them together and talk to them about like confidentiality, how to talk to younger girls like that, how can we do this mentoring. Some go to the PHUs, that's the, the, the clinic, local clinic they attend in their communities. Aisatu's mentor is Margaret, a grandmother in her 60s with a no-nonsense warmth to her. Aisatu, she come and told me that her mother and her father abandoned her. I talk to Aisatu and I go to the family, speak with them. Uh, her mother and her father said, if me like Aisatu, let me took Aisatu. I took Aisatu. Bring her. We are sleeping here. She's working for me. She's doing everything. And I said myself, she asked me for anything, I will do it. I gained a lot from Aisatu. And I'm going to set example to the others. Let's go to the ads. After the break. When I, I was finished my school, I want to do a little work, doctor or nurse. How teen moms in Sierra Leone are getting back into the classroom. It's a warm, breezy Saturday. About 20 girls in the Two Young Lives program in the Sierra Leone suburb of Wellington have gathered for a monthly get-together. Some cradle newborns wrapped around in coloured vax cloth, other babies crawl or toddle around the concrete floor. 
After giving birth, the project gives young mothers a small allowance to help them to go back to school. They also provide training in skilled work as well as ensuring they have access to contraception. When they become uh, pregnant, we encourage them to go back to school. We have some that are pregnant are, are attending. But if they do not cope with the education during that time, we encourage them to immediately go back when they deliver. Or if they want to learn a trade like uh, hospitality, plumbing, or uh, electrical installation, or computer studies, we pay for those. And they will come and learn and move on. And they are improving because we have examples of girls that went through that system and they are now uh, earning money on their own. They are now helping their family. Aisatu is now seven months into her pregnancy, and although she has the support of her mentor, Margaret, things can still be difficult. Aisatu sells oranges to bring in a small income and won't be able to return to school until after she gives birth. Sometimes she's crying. My companion is going to school. I sit down to sell orange. I, I, I give her courage. She promised. She said when you give birth, she's going to school. I said, I'm going to take care of the baby. So far, 343 girls have been through the Two Young Lives program and have all survived pregnancy and labour. But what is harder to tackle are the root causes of the problem. Poverty, which forces girls into coercive sex, lack of sex education and contraception in a society which limits girls' choices. Through the concept of radical inclusion, promoted by Sierra Leone's government, pregnant teens and young mothers are being encouraged back into the classroom. Aisa too is excited to return to school. She wants to see her friends again and to get back to her hobbies of playing basketball and volleyball. She's also got her sights set on the future. When I was finished my school, I want to do a little work, doctor or nurse. If we don't stand for women, they will just will continue to fall. If we just leave them, because they have become pregnant, they will not be educated. At the end of the day, for we are saying we want equality. If we want that, we need to help these younger ones that are coming up. Relations with Aisatu's parents, who live just a few hundred metres away, are now cordial. Margaret has played a key part in building bridges between them. Margaret credits the project not only for helping Aisatu, but for the benefits it's brought to her own life as well. I love it. I love Aisatu. That's it from this episode of The Leader. You can read more about this story online at standard.co.uk. Let Girls Learn will be back next month when we're in Mumbai, India. From Sierra Leone, I'm Radhika Alik. Thank you for listening.